Welcome to Wednesday evening chapel. I'm glad you're here. Are you glad you're here? Would you ask the person next to you, make sure that they're glad they're here? Now, now ask the person next to you if they are glad that you're here. Yeah, yeah, some of it's a little questionable. We are honored to have this evening, um, for this evening, uh, Reverend Vicki Kopp. She is from the Arizona District Church of the Nazarene. She made the way um, up here just to minister to us. I know that she met with the clergy women's uh, folk this afternoon. She preached in chapel this morning, and she'll bring the word again. So um, just let me tell you, she's somebody that walks close to the Lord. I, you can just sense it in conversations, and, and you'll find her a grace-filled person and preacher when she brings the word. All God's people said, amen. You may be seated. I'm excited to be here tonight. I'm not sure I've ever preached at almost 8 o'clock before. So I hope I don't be obnoxious and yawn into the microphone. And uh, the, we had the, the uh, women clergy fellowship, clergy women's fellowship. We had pizza. And so I don't need to say what else I'm worried about. You can figure that out yourself. Would you please stand for the reading of God's word? You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. The word of the Lord. Please be seated. You are the light of the world. That's a pretty incredible statement, isn't it? Can you uh, imagine the disciples hearing that? I, I rather doubt they understood how really uh, significant it was. In fact, I doubt that we understand how really significant it is. It's an exclusive statement. When you say you are the light of the world, that automatically means somebody else isn't. I was at Nazarene Theological Seminary two weeks ago taking my very first Doctor of Ministry seminar on the theological development of the pastor. And we had three very charming, articulate, and knowledgeable special speakers one day representing Islam, Judaism, and Buddhism. And as I was listening to them, I, w I was struck by the commonalities that we shared. I, I was also struck by their passion and their love for their tradition. And for a moment I thought, could it be true that there are many paths to the one God? And I pondered that for a moment and then I remembered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. If we are the light of the world, and Jesus is the way, the truth, and the light, we, the life, we, we have a tremendous responsibility to let our lights shine. So the question is, how do we let our lights shine? How do we live in a way that our lights 
shine. Have you ever been in a room sleeping and someone comes in and very rudely flips on the light? You're just blinded. And if you're like me, you're rather irritated. When I was in high school, we had a Christian club. And in this Christian club, we had Methodists and Baptists and Lutherans and Catholics and Nazarenes. And um, we had a great time together. Campus Crusade was a group that kind of drove, drove the organization. And I remember a time when they came and they said, we're going to have this big evangel or evangelistic thrust. And they trained us all how to use the four spiritual laws. So we went out into the streets of this Southern California desert town and knocked on doors and told them that God had a wonderful plan for their lives. I don't need to tell you, do I, that I was not a great success at this endeavor. It kind of reminded me of that ceiling light flashing on. There was a big disconnect with the folks that we knocked cold turkey on their door. Have you seen the commercial where the guy joyfully goes telling everyone, I've lowered my cholesterol? And they just have these blank looks on their faces like, who cares and who are you? Uh, that's kind of the way I felt when I was going door to door sharing the four spiritual laws. But I can't, I can't just totally negate that way of being light in the world because I've seen some people that are successful at it. The Apostle Paul was converted with a blinding light. So I can't write it off. But that's one way of being light in the world. My husband is the kind of guy that when he needs a haircut, he'll just stop in at any place that's handy. You know, those uh, drop in and we'll cut your hair kind of places. And I can tell you, it wasn't working for him. And I said, Dan, you've got to do something more consistent with this haircut thing. And I was going to a salon uh, where I was attempting to be light to the people there and uh, trying to share with my very new age stylist about the claims of Christ. And um, my husband resisted going to a salon. He didn't like the chatter and he didn't like the smell. But there was a stylist there named Michael. And Michael was a gentle spirit. He's a Southeast Asian man. And I really liked Michael, and I had befriended Michael. And I told Dan, you would like Michael. Come in, come to the salon, get your hair cut, look good. So he, he finally, I finally convinced him, he came in. And he began to make friends with Michael. And uh, Michael would ask him questions, like they always do when they know you're a pastor. And uh, so Dan would answer the questions. And then he'd try and take it just a little bit further. And Michael would put up the, the walls. So this went on for a while, and one day, when Dan came in to get his haircut, Michael said, I've been saved! <laughs> and Dan says, really? Tell me about it. And Michael said, you know, I've been watching your life, I've been watching Vicki's life, and I have some Baptist friends, I've been watching their lives, and there was something there that just drew me. And so I got a Bible, and I started reading in the book of John. And this is, uh, Michael is a Buddhist. He said, as I'm reading in the book of John, I just became so convinced that this was truth. That, that way of showing light is kind of like a rheostat or a three-way bulb where you just kind of gradually increase until the light's on. The, the light kind of comes with the, um, what's needed or what's, uh, what the situation calls for. The light kind of adjusts to that. We went on New Year's Eve to a 
a resort spa called the Biltmore. Our pastors had taken a collection and told us, go have fun, you need to get away. So we went to the Biltmore. Now the Biltmore is very famous in Arizona, it's in the Scottsdale area. And uh, it was built out of cinder block, which isn't, in my opinion, the greatest, um, the most beautiful thing to construct a building out of. But it's built of cinder block, but they had some molded cinder block that have kind of tried to replicate like palm fronds and like the trunk of a palm tree with a diamond shape. And the way they use these is they put them in the corners of the buildings and then they put lights under them and the light shone on those surfaces as they were the molded surfaces. And I'm telling you, it was absolutely stunning. I mean, it was just cinder block, but the way, the way that light shone on it was absolutely gorgeous. Sometimes our lives are like that, that the light that we're shining sh shows off the beauty of God. It shows off the, God's love, and it shows off God's work in our lives. I was raised in a pastor's family. I am the oldest of four girls, and um, like the usual family, we all knew each other's faults, our character flaws, our personality quirks, and all those things. The sister just younger than me, Valerie, and she gave me permission to share this, I might add, she, um, when she was a young woman, became disillusioned with the church and turned her back on the church. And that was really hard on our family because we're close, and that just kind of put Valerie outside of the circle by her own choosing. And because my life is committed to the church, um, she particularly uh, was annoyed by me and uh, even if I didn't, she was just annoyed by my presence. And I remember one time inviting her to a revival at Point Loma, Nazarene University, and it was, uh, I forget who the speaker was, but it was somebody that I thought was really engaging, that I thought she might, you know, might be the way to get her back in. And she came, and I remember sitting down the pew from her and watching her and um, her boyfriend poke fun at the service and the speaker. And, uh, that was just really, really hurtful. But we kept trying, my whole family, all of us. We continued to love her in the difficult time in her life, continued to support her and encourage her and do everything we could to show God's love to her. She moved to Ohio after she got remarried. And I got a card from her, and she said, Dear Vicki, you have changed your natural life, more, your, your natural self, more than any person I've ever met. Now, she wasn't using religious language, but I knew what she was saying. She was saying that she could see God working on me. She could see what God was doing in, in my life. She could see the changes that God was making in my life. It was just a couple of years ago I got a phone call from her, and she said, well, I want you to know I've decided Jesus is true, and I believe in him. And there was great rejoicing in, in my family because of that. When it says, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven, the word that Matthew uses there for good is not a, a, a moral, legal, rigid kind of good, but it's a beautiful, winsome, attractive kind of good. 
We have a pastor in Casa Grande named Jerry Leesman. And Jerry has a program called Project Mana. They serve 6,000, they feed 6,000 people um, a week. And at Christmas time, they gave out $1,300 vouchers. They're the, they're the sole distributor for donated product from Walmart and from Frito-Lay. And for Christmas, what they did, was they handed out these $1,300 vouchers, and they made their church parking lot and buildings into a big yard sale. They put up tables all over, and they, the tables were just laden with food and all kinds, everything you can get at Walmart. All, they just, the tables were just piled high. And then they had the people sign up at different times to come. They'd make an appointment to come. They'd bring their shopping cart, and they would go through these tables and pick whatever they wanted, doing Christmas shopping for their families. There was a, uh, a room that had clothing in it, and they could take as much clothing as they wanted. They weren't charged for the clothing. After being there and looking at that, I asked Jerry, what, what's the result of all this? When, you know, when it's all over and done with, what, what, you know, what, what do you have to show for it? And he said, um, last year, 200 people came to know Christ through, through this, um, through the good deeds that are winsome and beautiful and attractive, the kind of good deeds that invite people in. Maybe you don't think that in the middle of midterms? Is that what you're doing right now, midterms? Maybe, maybe you don't feel that in the middle of that um, you need to hear about um, letting your light shine. Maybe you kind of feel like that's just one more thing heaped on top of you along with all the other responsibilities and things that you have going on. But I want you to know that people are watching your lives and they particularly watch our lives when we're going through difficult times because that's when you really see what people are made of, when they're under stress, when they're under pressure, when things are not going their way. So I want to encourage you tonight to let your light shine, to be faithful in living out um, the call that God has placed on your life, to um, love others in ways that draw them in. And I pray that you can say with Paul, I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God for the salvation of everyone who believes. May our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God our Father who loved us and through grace gave us eternal encouragement and good hope Encourage your hearts and strengthen you in every good deed and word.